So, hello everyone, welcome to the fifth episode of WK's Hamlet podcast. I'm Alan Jarpa, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host Karen McLaughlin. Hi guys, hope you're still keeping well. It's been a while, but glad to see you all again. And also I'm today joined by Dan Wolfenden. Thank you for having me guys, it's a pleasure. Hopefully we can talk oh, some good stuff about West Ham and, and yeah. uh, get over a few things. Not much good stuff to talk about regarding West Ham right now. Um, starting off, obviously we've lost uh, yesterday's game to Spurs. I think the first half was a decent performance, honestly. It was nil-nil, yes, some scored the goal, VAR ruled it offside. And the second goal, well, the first actually, uh, should have been also called off by VAR. Yeah, well, it, it, it should have been... Um... You know, Sanchez, I think it's Sanchez, he can't really help his movement, but at the end of the day, it's, it's innocuous, but it's got to be given. You look at uh, when we lost to Sheffield United, you know, the goal that we equalised in, Rice um, you know, apparently handled the ball, even though, you know, he didn't mean to, and that was the same situation, and it doesn't seem to be going our way with VAR. Um, I know we've got ourselves to blame, you know, when Son's goal was ruled out, but... Um, you know, it certainly didn't help us, and it was handball, so we should have been given. Especially as they they specified the new rules, and any handball in attacking situations, when it's direct directly involving a goal, should be mm. ruled out, and they haven't done that this in this case. No, they haven't. Um, like I said, Sanchez, you know, he couldn't help it, but that's not the rules. The rules are if it touches your hand. Um, no matter intentional or what, it's it's ruled out, and um, you know we haven't we haven't had the luck. I know we didn't help ourselves. Um, first half, like you said, we played well. Bowen, in particular, looked really tidy on the ball. I thought he had a good game. Um, you know, when Fredericks for Son's goal, he he could have defended a lot better for me. The way he jumped in was um, was rash. Um, you know, and, and and sums him up a bit, but. Overall, I thought there were some positives. Uh, we crumbled a bit in the second half. The dynamic changed when Anderson and Lanzini came on. We wanted to keep the ball a bit more, but um, it didn't happen. And Spurs didn't really need to get out of first gear for me. So. Yeah, that was the most unfortunate thing. We've created a bunch of good opportunities. And again, for now, missing a great chance, like against Wolves. Yes, yeah. Uh, Fornells actually scored a similar one against Liverpool, didn't he? Where yeah. he came in from the blind spot, he took it really, really well um, against Liverpool, and that one was similar. You know, it, there's no doubt the boy's got quality. Of course, he has. Uh, you've seen his highlights for Athletic. Oh no, Villarreal. Sorry, you know his goal against Athletic Bilbao. He's got it yeah. in his locker, but he's playing in a dysfunctional team. Um, you know that don't work together. Uh, and like you said, you know Bowen hit the post. Bowen. Had a chance in the first half as well, which was well blocked. Um, so on another day, we could have got something, but you know we need to take our chances, especially where we are in the table. Yeah, it just we're relying on other teams being worse than us, and it just shouldn't be the case. We are, mate, exactly, and that's what it'll come down to. Um, you know, if, if we stay up, there'll be three worse teams than us, but um, you know it'll go down right to the wire for me, right to the last game of the season. Because um, I'm sure, you know, teams maybe like us will pick up a few shock results. Uh, Villa at Newcastle tonight, you don't know which Newcastle are going to turn up. Um, you know, and same with Bournemouth at Wolves, but hopefully, you know, we can uh, we can scrape it and stay up. Yeah, that last game against Villa is going to be crucial, I think. Massive. Yeah, massive. We um, we played them early in the season, didn't we, away, and it was a, it was a tough game. Uh, you know, and if it was any team... To give another team a boost, it'd, it'd be West Ham. Um, but that would be a tough game. They've got some good players, Villa, for me. They've got Grealish. Uh, Wesley was a good player before, you know, his injury. Um, so, you know, no no points are for, uh, granted at the moment. So we need to be careful. Yeah, definitely, mate. Um, I predicted us to be safe 
by Watford, I think, with like three or four games to go, and it doesn't look the case at all, and I'm starting to get worried. Before the restart, I was like, yeah, we're going to struggle a bit, we're going to be fine, because we have quality. Mois last time came here, done the job, so I expected us to, okay, maybe not necessarily win uh, one of the two games, but at least play well, get maybe a draw or two, a narrow loss, but it's been horrendous. The Wolves performance was unacceptable. The Spurs game was much better, but still not up to scratch if you want to be safe before the Villa game. Yeah, well, you know, for for me, Wolves was, it was an object performance. Uh, There was nothing there. You know, we saw, you saw the closing down we we did when we were 2-0 down. Um, It looked like we were winning 2-0. Uh, you know, Lanzini just come on against Wolves and he was walking. Antonio was, you know, knackered because he always puts in 110%. Um, there's no, there's no denying that. And and Spurs, uh, there was improvements, like you said, you know, certainly. Um, they set up similar to how they did against Man United. But I didn't, I didn't understand Moyes' defensive, you know, off the ball tactics uh, before Niles virtually coming in as a left back to cover Cresswell when. If you look at how we played against Liverpool away, one of our best performances, you know, this season. Um, Four Niles was in the centre where normally his noble dropped deep with Rice and, and Suchek was in there as well, but he came off, didn't he, second half? So, yeah, I, I don't get why he's switching it up. If that's worked against Liverpool, which are the best team in the league, um, try, the, try the same against Spurs. And, you know, Four Niles was dragged out of the game for me and it just was the wrong game plan from the start. Yeah, because if he wants to double the flanks, have someone cover, cover Cresswell and then have someone cover F- Fredericks. Bowen is great. He's fast. He he can cover Fredericks pretty well. And then if you want to have someone cover Cresswell, it's either Anderson or Masuaku. And with Masuaku being injured, you you have to play Anderson on the left because, again, with Fornals, he... He's not defensive enough and certainly not fast enough to be able to compromise Cresswell's positioning. Yeah, Anderson Anderson and Fornells are luxury players, aren't they? Um, Yeah. I think uh, Antonio covered Cresswell against Liverpool uh, and it worked worked pretty well. Um, But if you look for the second goal last night, what was disappointing for me when I look back at it was uh, that you know Antonio gave the ball away. You know it, it's mainly his fault for being sloppy. But Lanzini um, originally didn't spot Fredericks on the right with loads of room, acres of room to you know just spread the ball down there, and he gave it to Antonio who was surrounded by about four players. Um, but for me the concerning thing is Anderson and Lanzini they both got to track back. If Lanzini tracked his man with I think it was Antonio at the time they would have won the ball back. But Lanzini you can see in the picture he just walks and just stops. And that allows the Celso to um, to get away, and that's you know that's the worrying thing for me that other teams in and around us, you know, uh, they they track back and they put that that effort in that we sometimes lack, and uh, that could be detrimental to us at the end of the season. Yeah, the team just looks so far out of confidence, especially players like Anderson or Lanzini, as you've said. Yeah, there's no, there's no doubt that Anderson and Lanzini have uh, have the ability, and we've seen that from Lanzini under Bilic. Uh, Anderson last season in his first season, he's, he, you know, there's no doubt his goal against Crystal Palace where he killed it in. He's the boy's got ability, but they're in a dysfunctional team, and he, you've got to do the bare minimum of tracking back. I could see Frederick shouting at him saying, "You've got to track Aurier because Aurier loves to go forward and." You know, bomb forward like Ben Davis does, and if you don't track back, that gives you, you know, a numerical disadvantage. Yeah, that's the most unfortunate thing right now. We have the players, we don't have the results. That's what it comes down to at the end of the season. Yeah, exactly. We got, we have got some good players. There's no, there's no denying that. Similarly to Watford, I think Watford are in a false position. They've got some very good players. Delafeu. 
uh, Pereira, you know, will use, but um, they're down there for a reason. So, you know, like I said, it will go down to the wire for me. Yeah. We just have to hope that Villa and Bournemouth are going to be wor- in a worse position than us at the end. Yeah, well, you know, I think Norwich are gone, but people saying people saying that re- don't realise that at the same time, if they pick up one win or two wins, they're back, they're back, they're back in it. They're only two points off us, I think, if they yeah. win. So, um, you know, and we've our goal difference is only one ahead of Bournemouth, so. You know, it's very tight down there. Yeah. Like, the only good thing about it right now is that uh, Bermuth and Villa are playing worse than us. And they're losing games. So hopefully today is going to continue with them both playing in 15 minutes from now. But yeah, it's going to be tough. We do have the easiest run-in from the from all the bottom teams, but it, it's really nothing if we can perform to win the, let's say, easy games, like Watford, like Villa. Yeah, exactly. But if you look at our last seven games, Alan, we've um, we've got Chelsea next. That's you know you don't know which Chelsea you're going to turn up, do you? Um, yeah. We got Newcastle after that. For me, that's a write-off because they're a good team. They beat Sheffield United. They were comfortable. Um, and then you know we got the likes of Norwich, Watford, and you don't know which one of them are going to turn up. And Watford, like I said, they're a good team. They've got Saar, you know, players like that who can who can make a difference, similarly to us. But um, none of us seem to be doing it at the moment. So yeah, like with Watford, you either play them and get a comfortable. 3 0 win, 4 0 win, 4 0 win, like our last two games against them, 3 1 and 4 0. Mm-hmm. I just get stumped by the pressure in their midfield because Capu and Ducure are one of the best midfields, I'd say, in the league overall. Mm-hmm. They have a good back line, good keeper. Good forwards, it just for some reason they're still in the relegation zone. Yeah, they've got good fullbacks, and you know they're um, like I said, they are in a false position. Um, but you know we'll struggle against them because they're very organised. And I know Burnley, you know, who come to us soon are the same. People say you know that's an easy ride. It's not because Deitch has done a fantastic job there with very, you know, limited um, foundations for the last few years and he's and he's built on that. Um, he's a very impressive manager to me and he's you know that that'll be a very tough game as well because they'll they'll shut us down, uh, they'll do the simple things for straighters and, and they might nick a goal at the other end. So um, you know there's, there's no easy games and like people are saying it's seven cup finals. Yeah yeah like when I look at our uh, fixture list, if we keep on playing like we're playing right now, right now, I can see us getting another point this season. Like it's just seven straight losses. You think? If we don't change something, if Moise doesn't change something, if we keep on playing Antonio's lone striker, it is going to be horrendous. The thing is, what I don't get, what why Moyes doesn't see this because Antonio is as clear as day. He's not a striker, you know. He's, he's not the best technical player in the world. But if you put him on the wing, it it would be a nuisance. And I know Bowen had a good game, but maybe move Bowen to the other side, and you know, I put Antonio on the left, Bowen on the right. They've got to change it up. For me, why are you not giving a Yeti a game? Why are you not giving Silver a game? Or bring on Wilshire for some composure in the middle, uh, and sacrifice one of Noble or Suchek. I don't. Why is he not being proactive with substitutions? Is beyond me. You know, we made two out of five yesterday. Um, Both you know, in when, the 70th minute. Exactly. Um, you know, when you're chasing the game, you've got to be proactive. You've got to look at changing things. You can't just bring on two players. You know, and think they're going to make the difference. Um, you, you know, you've got to go for it a bit. And I don't think Moise is doing that. Also, Antonio now played two straight games, full 90 minutes. And it was clear as day 
even three years ago that he keep, can't keep playing 90 minutes week in week out because he's going to either get seriously injured again soon or his performances after 60th minute are just below par I think he runs himself into the ground um, you know he really does I remember him at Nottingham Forest he you know he's so raw he's got that uh, Sunday league kind of tendencies in it where he's, you know he uh, he works so so hard and that's what we need but after 60 minutes he does seem to tail off um, but the way he effectively brings players into the game holds it up you know he doesn't give Sanchez a moment to breathe yesterday it was uh, you know he, he's very effective but I don't know whether Moyes could put him on the bench but uh, for me Antonio was you know he's fundamental to our team if we're going to get some wins over the next few games because he gives you everything and he's and he's such a nuisance we really need him or Ayeti or Halle uh, mm. in a partnership up top. Because we miss Halle. We do miss We Halle. do. Massively. Yeah, we do. You know, uh, seven goals this season. He's he's won, he's won uh, so many jewels. I was looking the other day and he's had the most shots out of the West Ham squad because, you know, people say, you know, he might have had a disappointing season, but, you know, in this side, he's, he's not um, going to have the best of seasons. But for me, you know, I don't think we do our homework. We just think, oh, we'll buy a player and hope they fit in. They don't mould the team around a specific player. Like last year, they should have looked at Rice and think, right, he's excelled. Next season, we'll we'll buy players that complement him and complement Haller because Haller works so well in a, you know, an inverted front three. If you like at Frankfurt, he was he was brilliant, wasn't he? That's why we signed him. Yeah. And we're all excited. Um, but he's he's been isolated this season. He's done his best. He's won a lot of jewels. Uh, he scored some great goals, like against Watford and Bournemouth. Um, and for me, for me, we're missing. But he needs to work on holding the ball up more. You know, he does because um, he's a he's a big guy, and, and sometimes he loses the ball, and he's and he's too weak for me. But uh, whereas Antonio gives you that, you know, that strength, and he's got that experience in the Premier League to you know hold it off and and keep the defender out the way. I think Pellegrini's plan was to keep Adnautovic and play Haller next to him. That would been that would have been a brilliant partnership. It would, yeah. Yeah, it would. Uh, for me, you know, one of the fundamental things that got Moyes out of you know, relegation trouble last season was Arnautovic. You know, all the season before, yeah. he, um, he gave so much to that team. He could create things on his own, you know, with the pressure of his pace, um, you know, scares defenders and... Yeah, I remember, I, remember, I remember against Newcastle where uh, Henry Saive gave the ball away in the middle and Arnautovic just raised onto it, beat Clark and put it past the keeper. And that's what we're missing at the moment. And, you know, he, he didn't treat the club well. Of course he didn't. Um, you know, when you'd rather someone who wants to be there and, and isn't, you know, obsessed with money and stuff like that. But that's modern day football. But I can't help but think if we had someone like Arnautovic to support Haller and give us a different uh, variation up top that we'd be would be higher up the table for me. Oh yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Even looking at our sales this summer, we sold or got rid of four strikers, brought in two. One of them played 140 minutes in the league. Then we sold Obiang, not replaced him until Moise brought in Suchek. Like That's exactly it, Alan. You know, the the, step, the, the problem stems from the top in the fact that they want to save money. We had four, you know, um, different strikers last season: Hernandez, Perez, Carroll, all different players that, that you know that you could bring on and that could provide you something different. Um, but you know, a yet he was a good sign. I think he was a good sign, and he's young. He's what we're after. He's what we're crying out for: a young striker with potential. You know, he certainly got that. But you can't judge him after 100 and, you know, what did you say, 140 minutes in the league. Yeah, well, you know, it's, And a few cup performances against Gillingham where they're a very physical side. He's not going to get the, the time and space. Um, hard to judge him off. And I remember Brentford and West Brom were after him at the time. And look at Brentford's record of bringing in players. You know, uh, Ambuemo, Ben Rama, Watkins. You know, their scouting system's superb. And, you know, there must be something about him. But um, Moyes, doesn't, Moyes doesn't seem to think that. Yeah, if West Brom are scouting a player, like nine out of ten times he's going to be good. Like 
Look at Matias Pereira. Exactly. Look at even Diangana. Both them in. Both brilliant players. West Brom are what, first in the league right now. Yeah, and people are forgetting Ayeti, you know, he's only 22, 23. He's going to take time to adapt. And players need that run of games. They need six or seven games to, you know, learn the different physicalities of the Premier League and how your team plays. But I think we've, you know, he's come off the bench against Everton at home, actually, when we drew one. He looked very positive yeah. then. I thought he looked he looked decent. Um, he had a few chances and he was a bit of a spark in our team that I thought, you know, why didn't you give him a game uh, from the start, you know? But even Silva for me, Alan, you know, he's looked promising against Birmingham in the Cup last season before he got his uh, bad injury. He he looked a real real threat. You know, he looked a good player. He's got pace. He's, he can get in behind. He can do stuff with the ball. And, you know, that's why I want Moyes to switch it up. Maybe put Antonio on the wing, uh, put Lanzini in the middle behind you know, one of Silva or Yeti or when Haller's back play both up top. Yeah, and with Silva also, I know the second division of the U23s isn't the best, maybe, league to judge a player on, but he's got 15 goals in 15 games. Mm-hmm. And most of them came last season when we were still in the top division of the U23s. So yeah, he's, he's a player, there's no doubt about it. Um, but this is where it stems from, Alan. You can't people call in for Bernardo Rosa to have a game. Um, I know he signed a new deal and he looks a talent, but we can't rely on young players like him to come in and you know save our season. Um, you know, I, I completely back the calls to put them in the squad and maybe bring them on if we're winning. But to start from from the off when they've had no experience, uh, it's only gonna you know, shoot the confidence and and you know from there that could be the end. Like you. Look with Oxford, he had one bad game against Leicester. He was pulled off at half-time, never played again, did he? Um, no, he didn't. And that's what you've got to be careful with. You've got to implement them at the right time when you're mid-table like a palace, you know, and go from there and experiment. But in our position, um, it's a risky risky thing to do. Like, even with Domingos Quina, um, Bilic started him, I think, against Accrington Stanley in the Cup. Yeah. He's had an awful game. Only Bias saved us in the 95th minute uh, with a free kick. But Kina was awful that game. And yeah, he's at he, Watford now, isn't he, Kina? Yeah. Mm. And he's going he's gonna to Watford. The managers there gave him the chance. He's been playing well when he's playing. So... Maybe the managerial system at our club is a bit off, to say the least. I think you need to give young players a chance. You look at Dean Garner, how well he's done at West Brom. You look at Holland at Oxford. Um, and I think whatever league we're in next season, we need to frame the squad around younger players, like you said, like Silva, Holland, Dean Garner. Uh, we need to look at selling the likes of Anderson, Lanzini, you know, who, who suit. You know, they don't suit the Premier League. They're more suited to um, leagues in Europe, you know. Um, so that's what we need to do for me. You know, look at Brentford players like Watkins, uh, QPR's easy and, you know, Rico Henry for Brentford as well. Players like that who are going to, you know, who are exciting. Um, and not, you know, players from Europe that are too expensive at the end of the day. Yeah, I've been calling for us to sign Rico Henry. For like three or four years now, so nice to finally see someone else talk about yeah, him. I remember we were after him, weren't we? Um, yeah, we were years ago when um, he went to Brentford from Walsall, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but he, he, he was he's a good player and he's, he's someone we need because our fullbacks are our downfall for me. Um, Cresswell yeah, and Dresdicks, you know, I thought we found that replacement in Ngakia, but it looks like he's going. Um, yeah, he is. Such so, a shame. Yeah, it is such a shame, but that must be our priority in the summer, Alan, is to, you know, prioritise getting in right-backs and left-backs who are going to start every game and who are improvements. And I must say that improvements on Cresswell and Fredericks, otherwise, you know, we'll have the same problem. Yeah. Again, here we are at the topic of the, the board underspending our defensive players. 
look at the way we we went down um, under Glenn Rudder with the team Dicanio, Glenn Johnson, etc. Yeah, Trevor Sinclair. Yeah, brilliant forwards, brilliant midfielders, and then just a poor defensive setup. I think, I think you know they, they have spent in defence to an extent. You know they brought Diop in. Uh, I don't think it was for a lot, and we thought he was going to be, he was going to be special. Twenty million uh, pounds, I think. Twenty million, yeah. It's Toulouse captain. I know he was he had a big profile over there, but the league at home is, is different to the Premier League in terms of intensity, physicality. Uh, you know, when he, he's come to the Premier League, I remember last season against Spurs away, he was brilliant. He was brilliant. Um, you know, when he charged to the other end and scored, because I was there at the at the at that game. But you know, they have big, they've got uh, Balbuena who was who was unproven as well. Um, you know, and Cresswell was good. like two million pounds. Yeah, two million pounds. Yeah, they do it on the cheap. That's the thing. Yeah, that is the thing. Um, yeah, you know, and look at Villa. They've got you know Tyrone Mings, who's who's a good player. Um, yeah, he's a very good player. I love him. And you know you can put Rice in centre back to fill the incompetence, but then you're lacking Rice as a ball carrier in midfield, and you can't rely on Noble to keep doing that um, because he's getting older, Noble. But Noble for me is a scapegoat because he, he shows himself for the ball more than most players, you know, um, and, oh, yeah. and he does lose it sometimes. But we can't keep relying on Noble like yesterday to press from a high position just behind the striker because it's not going to work. Yeah, like against Wolves, um, and Anderson was breaking down uh, either the left or the right, and then the only passing option he had, because there was no Halle, uh, was Noble. And then exactly. Noble would lose the ball, because no one else was there, again. This is why we should have got someone like uh, John Joe Shelby in the summer for me. Yeah. Know, someone of that calibre. Absolutely. Really keep the ball and he's not a threat. You know, Suchet looks a good player, but I think he's more of a midfielder that likes to do the dirty work, break it down, um, allow the other midfielders, you know, to have the ball for me. Uh, and Rice, yeah, Rice is the complete midfielder. You know, he's, he's brilliant, is Rice. Um, I think he'll be off in the summer, sadly, though. You know, seven games left of Rice. But hopefully not. Way. It's, it's difficult to difficult to call. I mean, if you were Rice, you you know you'd think you've done everything you can at West Ham, and um, you know at the end it wasn't it wasn't enough. But I think he deserves better things than West Ham. Yeah, he definitely does. Like he's going to be a brilliant, brilliant player. He's a, he already already is a brilliant player, but he's going to be. A top midfielder. Whether yeah, he goes don't. to Chelsea, whether he goes uh, even Arsenal, he's just going to be one of the best in his position. Without a doubt, you could tell when he made his debut against Burnley away a few seasons ago. Uh, the talent he had, he was only a young boy then, as he is now, but you know, he, he sprayed it around within the first minute and was so comfortable to get on the ball. Um, as well as being be an excellent defender, and like Moy said, he probably is our best defender and our best midfielder on the ball. Yeah, he's so composed. Well, on the topic of Chelsea, um, they won against Aston Villa on Sunday. Most likely. Saving us from relegation. Um, and again, we have to keep, at least for now, going off of uh, Villa and Bournemouth losing games. Villa lost to Chelsea 2 1, and Bournemouth lost to Paris 2 0. So, um, not really much more to say about this. Yeah, I, w- I watched both. Um, you know, when Villa grabbed the lead, I thought, "Here we go again." It's just West Ham's luck. But then Chelsea scored two in a few minutes, didn't they? Um, yeah, two in two minutes. Uh, which which we need to look out for because they have the ability, they have the players to just change the game instantly. You know, Pulisic, Giroud, Willian, 
uh, host of others and you know Bournemouth as well. I thought they were they were non-existent against Palace. Palace made mm -hmm. it look easy. Um, you know Milivojevic with a good free kick and then IU, but you know Bournemouth again. I don't, I don't know where it's gone wrong. Eddie Howe similar to Sean Dyche in the fact that he's had limited you know foundations to work with and he's done such a good job, but. Um, I don't know whether Bournemouth looks running out slowly. Like when you look at the table, when we played Bournemouth in October, was it? Yeah. Um, when we scored the opening goal through uh, Yarmolenko, we were second in the league for a few minutes, and Bournemouth were fifth or sixth, and now. Everyone else started winning games and us to bottom of the uh, league. Me, the bottom of the league. Like, mm -hmm. what's gone wrong, really? It's, it, it stems from the owners at the end of the oh, day. Yeah. It does. Um, it reminds me similarly to Sunderland, the position we're in now. You know, they, they flirted with relegation for a few years, you know, and they, and they got lucky towards the end of the season. But eventually, you know, their luck just ran out and it's similar to what's going on here uh, at West Ham and, and Bournemouth and Watford you know if you don't vastly improve your squad and what you have or you know change your manager like Everton did because Everton were one point behind us you know a moment this season you know they they sacked Silva they got in Ancelotti who's you know an incredible manager he speaks for itself the record and now uh, they're flying up the table and you know that is, it, just, it does stem from the top completely yeah, like, we've sacked Pellegrini a few days after Everton sacked Marco Silva. They brought in, as you said, Carlo Ancelotti. He won trophies, pretty much all the trophies you can win in Europe. Um, they were point uh, under us, or about that. They're now 12, and they're about 7 points away from top 6 we're 17th with 20 points away from top 6 there you it's go it's just that says it all yeah um, Pellegrini the players stopped playing for him was he thrown under the bus I'm not sure but for me ever since Slavon Bilic left the club it, it's been on a downward spiral the moment we didn't back him getting the players he identified William Carvalho Leandro Tendonka uh, the players he wanted in midfield, you know, because he identified the weaknesses and, you know, we didn't back him. And at the end of the day, it went wrong when Payet left, etc. Um, you know, we we performed badly and and then it was Pellegrini. He was, he was, he was a great manager as well, similar to Ancelotti with his record. Uh, obviously not as good, but he's a similar manager. And, you know, the, we backed him to an extent. But, um, you know, it's just... Uh, it's worrying, it really is. Yeah, and again, Bilic wasn't properly backed. He didn't get the players he wanted. Then, Pellegrini the same way. And now, the board want to finance what Moyes want to buy all the players he wants to. And I'm not sure if that's that's the way we should go. To no, back I mean, David Moyes and not the managers that are good enough for the Premier League. Yeah, completely. I mean, Moyes was uh, in his last spell at us, his first spell. He was after uh, John McGinn before he went to Aston Villa. Because I remember yeah. Celtic were after him as well. And uh, McGinn turned out to be a good footballer. Um, but yeah, like you said, it's, you know, it, I don't, I, Moyes, we should have never reappointed him in. In the first place, yeah, um, never in a million years. I, I was, I was happy when we sat Pellegrini at the time because he's, you know, the players stopped playing for him and we did need a change completely. Um, you know, but uh, Moyes was just a cheap option, uh, the wrong option, and honestly, you know, I've heard calls today. I've seen calls for Sam Allardyce to come back, and you know, at least when Sam Allardyce was in charge. West Ham had a structure, you know, they did the homework on the opposition, they knew how to, you know, nullify the, their threats and how we could work well ourselves up top, but whether it's David Moyes, I don't, he doesn't seem to do that. 
you know, we for me, his tactics are baffling. And honestly, uh, I'd give it to Nolan or Allardyce for the end of this um, to the end of the season. I really would, but I can't see it happening. Even some of the uh, free agents right now, like let's say Marco Silva, he's coming at who, where they had an awful situation, nearly managed to stay up with them. Then obviously went to Everton. Maybe didn't do as well as he should, given the backing. Because of how much Everton spent. And there's one thing you can criticize Everton, Everton's owners about. They spend a lot of money and they waste a lot of money as well. Given transfers like uh, David Klassen for what, 40 million pounds? He's been a complete waste of money for them. But then, uh, when the manager wants a player, like, let's say, Richarlison, he was £55 million. That was a lot of money. And they paid it. And now they have uh, one of the best uh, forwards in the league. Andre Gomez, the same. Brought him in when he was injured. Uh, at Barcelona giving him the structure to rebuild himself and then it was uh, why finally Gomez chose Everton over uh, coming to us in the summer transfer window exactly you've, you've hit the nail on the head there I think you know the difference between them and us is they have a structure. They set out the players they want from the off. You know, Moise Ken's one of them. I know he hasn't, you know, done a lot at Everton, but uh, he's certainly got potential. Gomez as well, Gabberman, uh, Richarlison, you know, Sidibe, them kind of players who have got European experience. Dinier but for too. us, exactly, Dinier as well. He's one of the best, best left backs in the league. And if you look at us compared to our strategy, we go for one target and then we fall back on the next one but why don't we go all out for that first target the main target that we want and do not back the manager um, you know in- instead of going for these cheap options like a Yeti was only £8 million pounds, was it you know when, yeah it was about uh, that yeah from Basel and we got rid of Perez who's you know, been one of the top scorers in La Liga Hernandez is in America now I think isn't he um, uh, LA Galaxy yeah yeah, but he he was a good player. He was a proven goal scorer in the Premier League, and it, you know his pace might have been running out compared to his days at Man United. But he still had that knack to get in the right position, and something that we don't have now to bring off the bench. So that is the uh, you know the line. Like as you said, Lucas Perez, we've sold him for less than two million pounds, and he's scored what fourteen goals for Alavés, I think. Yeah. Including yeah. against Barcelona, and I think even Real Madrid. So yeah, if again let the play go on the cheap, and he's turned out to be better than what we valued him at. It's the same with him as well. Perez, you know, he did it at Arsenal. He was on the bench. I know he was behind Giroud, but uh, when we signed him, I thought this is a good signing. You know, I yeah, thought we were improving slowly because. He, he's, he's got that knack Alan, like Hernandez does um, and Carroll as well was a different kind of player that you could bring on if you were chasing the game i.e. last night and we could have done with all of them three last night but to only replace them with two strikers is criminal we need to we needed to reinvest you need to have at least three or four strikers um, at the club you know that are going to compete for places and have healthy competition and we've only got you know I'd say Halloween and Yeti haven't we that are two yeah. you know, noticeable strikers, you know, when a Yeti's not getting a game and you can't rely on Haller to perform week in, week out because he's going to get injured like he is now or he won't have the best of games. So Then we're left with uh, forcing Antonio up top or trying something new like Moist tried Anderson up top, which worked for the Bournemouth game but then didn't work uh, against Wolves. Yeah, I think I think the problem is with Anderson is he's he's not a winger, um, not at all. You know, we played him on the wing. When you look at when he was at Lazio and when he was thriving there, he was behind. Um, Lazio, he played everywhere. To be honest, 
the blade left wing, right wing. Yeah, he was mainly behind the striker. You know, he's got versatility, but for me, when he's had the best games, he's been cutting in from the left, and he's not exactly been a winger. He's just been a bit more central. Um, You know, like Bournemouth, he was everywhere, wasn't he? But he was. He was getting in behind players, and that's that for me is what he lacks. He's so frustrating because he's got ability to take people on to beat them. Sure, he does. He's got pace. Um, he's got skills, but he always goes back and goes sideways. And for me, that's a player uh, lacking in confidence. I think it comes from him having to cover for Cresswell for eighty percent of the game, like Rice does, having to drop left to left back. Uh, a lot of times during games, Anderson has been suffering from the same as well. Yeah, exactly. I I agree with you. But the thing is, Al, if you you know why don't you replace Cresswell with Ben Johnson? Um, you know now that Ben Johnson's fit again because he was out for a while, wasn't he? But why don't yeah. you, you know you you put Ben Johnson in and, and change it up a bit? Um, I know Ngaki is leaving, but what what's happened to uh, Zabaleta as well? Where's he at? You know it's. Um, but for me, when I was coming uh, soon, because we're still not uh, renewed or at least extended his contract, yeah. so technically we're left with Fredericks. Yeah, exactly. But for me, one of the biggest misses this season will be Snodgrass because he's out until the end of the season. And yeah, absolutely. You know, I know he's not going to beat players and you know run past them, but his his ability from set pieces and He's a piece of alone, really, because we don't have anyone else who can provide such a ball, such a cross from that ball like Snodgrass. Exactly. You you look at Son's deliveries last night from corners, they were all, you know, very good. I I was always, you know, never beat the first man, but Snodgrass against Liverpool when he, you know, crossed it into into Diop for the equaliser, you know, the ability on that ball and uh, that that'll be, you know, a, a big. A big, you know, missing link that, um, you know, if he's out for the rest of the season, we'll miss. And you know, he's he's such a good player as well. He'll put in the effort. He'll track back. Um, so I think we'll miss him. Yeah, and then you look at Cresswell's deliveries. It's been shocking. Yeah, yeah, Cresswell. I remember a few he's years not ago. The same player. No, he mm. he scored a few free kicks though, didn't he, in his first season against Stoke? And yeah, he scored season, against he scored a few goals, like. The free kick against Man United, that was brilliant. Yeah. Such a great goal. But then he's not provided anything from set pieces apart from that uh, goal. No, exactly. And, you know, again, he's got ability. Um, but it, it's, it's confidence, you know, like, like anything, you know. Uh, especially footballer, if you don't have any confidence, you're not going to play well. But if your team are playing well, that you're... Automatically going to play better football, um, and Cresswell has got ability in his locker. We've seen that, like you said, against Man United. Um, that was a that was a great free kick, but now his corners or free kicks don't seem to be the first man. But yesterday, to be fair, uh, someone whipped in a good free kick and we nearly scored from it because Antonio slid in, but then Bowen followed up and. I think it was Cresswell. Yeah, I think it was. Um, yeah. His crossing became much better lately because at the start of the season this in the first half of it uh, his crossing accuracy was like 2% he had one accurate cross out of like 60 now he's gone much better but boy in the first half of the season he was awful at crossing the ball I'd like Which to see uh, Bowen on, on set pieces, Alan. You know, really yeah. good. Um, yeah. He used to take them from, for Hull and you could see his technical ability last night. You know, but he never, I think he never gave the ball away. 12 out of 16 passes completed. Um, he was a real standout. And, you know, he, like I said, he's got such ability and you know, that shot that hit the post as well. He, he's clearly got it in him. So we need to switch it up and, and maybe let him take a few. Yeah, I agree. Then when you compare um, the side from the start of the season that Pellegrini when we were in the top half to now, like Fabianski in goal, Fredericks at the right back, we're missing Agbona, 
then we're missing Masuaku. And other than that, we've we've improved if you take Halein. Because it's Suchek instead of Nobu. And then it's Bowen uh, on the right instead of Yarmolenko. He's such a massive adjust such a massive player to have on the right side so I don't really know uh, apart from the tactics of course and maybe there's something that the players are just have no confidence in uh, Moise being able to properly um, guide us away from relegation Exactly because right, it's a dysfunctional team, isn't it? You know, we have talented players like Bonner, we're missing Burley, you know, he's been our hammer of the year for me. Um, he's been a great yeah, defender, he's, you know, without him I don't know, I don't know where we'd be. Um, you know, like you said, Rice, Sue checks an improvement, we got Bowen. Although I do like Yarmolenko, he's just he's just injury prone and he's, uh, he's aging on his side, but, you know, he's got a good technical ability as well. Um, I know he doesn't track back and he's he's lazy, but he's more of a luxury player like Anderson and Four Niles, where you leave them higher higher up the pitch. You know, but, um, but yeah, it's 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 worrying times ahead. Hopefully, we can turn it around against Chelsea and go from there. So, your prediction for Chelsea? Oh. Put me on the spot prediction for Chelsea. Uh, you never know which Chelsea's going to turn up, but they were, I know the away record's pretty good this season. You know they played well against Spurs away, uh, and Villa obviously as well recently. <sighs> Two one to them for me. Scorers. Scorers. Um, us. Halle if he's back. I don't know if he will be. If not, I'll go for Bowen for them. Um, Pulisic for a double. Nice. Karen? Uh, yeah, you seem to turn up when you play Chelsea, so I'm going to say a draw. Nice. Uh, Maybe 1-1. One, one. Scores again? Uh, uh, maybe Chelsea, probably uh, Pulisic, because he's on form at the moment. West Ham. I don't know. Maybe Anderson, if he plays. Nice. As you've said, Dan, you don't know which Chelsea are going to turn up, but uh, right now you don't know which West Ham is going to turn up as well. Exactly. We, so we beat it can them. be any score right yeah. now. Yeah, you're um, right. We beat them uh, earlier this season, didn't we? And we, did. yeah, we played really well. Um, so I don't know. I'd go with Kieran. I'd probably go a draw or we'll lose. I don't think we'll win because we're a good team. Um, but you know, if there's, if there's any time to pick up our season, it'd be then. So. Yeah, I think a lot of it comes from, uh, obviously, the rivalry point of view. I think you seem to up the gear a bit when you play um, the likes of Chelsea, the likes of Tottenham. Like Even last night, you didn't even look too bad, did you? Um, so I think that's there, but without the crowd, do you lose that energy a bit in these derby games? Do you think? Is that yeah. for me? 100%. Oh, anyone, anyone? Yeah, hundred percent. I think um, you know the momentum goes, and West Ham. You know the fans are notoriously known to be to be great fans, Kieran, and um, you know they they pick us up for them games. You know, like Arsenal away, uh, they really boosted us, and I think you know without them. We will lose a bit of momentum and it, and, it, and it won't help the players naturally. No, it won't. So I think that's been um, a problem for some of the, not necessarily smaller teams, but maybe, you know, the teams who rely on their fans. You know, you've got your Crystal Palaces, your Sheffield Uniteds. They seem to be struggling a bit at home without having their almost fortresses behind them. Yeah, completely, yeah. exactly. You know, Sheffield United have had a great season, haven't they? But... Uh, you know, I went I went to the Chef West Ham game this season and their fans were very good and you could they were close to the pitch and you could tell they were really egging them on, you know, and like you said, Palace as well. Um they have the orchards in the corner, don't they, that really 
really you know give them a boost and and it will be paranormal for the players it'd be weird and you know that's why i think there'll be a few shock results yeah i agree and going back to the prediction i'd go with yeah i'd go with a one all probably i thought you were going to say we're going to win then nah (laughs) i'd love to but i can just can see happening i'd say one all and scorers maybe noble from a penalty um or suchek or rice honestly noble or rice for me and for chelsea probably zero as always the second lukaku already scores against us yeah he does doesn't he, he always does Callum wilson too yeah wilson who else um any striker that's having a bit, uh, you know, bad, bad run of form, West Ham come along and uh, they score, don't they? Yeah, Lacazette always seems to get a goal against you, doesn't he? Yeah, Lacazette as well. Yeah. <laughs> Jordan Ayew recently. Jordan Ayew, but Jordan Ayew is a good player for me. Yeah. Um, I yeah. like him at Marseille. Yeah, he's you know he scored, he scored against us twice, didn't he? I mean that goal. Um, where the beat was recently it, it shouldn't have happened to be honest with you but the, the technical ability was was brilliant wasn't it it was such a great goal but well that'll be that for this episode and thank you everyone for listening remember to subscribe to the podcast on Spotify or iTunes um, link to Dan's Twitter account is going to be in the description and yeah thank you for listening once again remember to stay home and stay safe